0: Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be encountered here, your forgiveness experienced, and your love that brings us hope would be made known. Amen. Who's ready for the holidays? Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. I look forward to the holidays. There's that holiday excitement of thinking about spending time with family. We're actually going to get a chance to get away and... We're going to go see my dad and stepmom and my stepsister and her kids in Orlando next week. But there's decorating to be done. At least our kids are a little older now, so that 12-hour drive isn't near as bad. (laughs) A little 12-hour drive back. We got a potluck when we come back to, right? Wonderful celebrations, but put another thing to do on the list. When you begin to think of all that you have to do between now and Christmas, I don't know if you're like me, but if you start to think of all the things that you want to get done in the next month, right, exactly one month of Christmas Eve. I'm tired thinking about it. Right? Let's, let's go back to bed. It's a nice, crisp, cool morning. Give me a blanket. It's also that season, because of all of the anticipation, because of all the work to be done, because of all the celebrations that everyone else is having, can be a time of huge anxiety and depression. To be honest about it, This is the time of year when the suicide rate goes up. The time we are supposed to be celebrating the most is the time, and psychologists will tell us it's because folks feel more lonely than ever. The grief and the missing of loved ones is greater than ever. The days get shorter and the nights get longer. And if you're affected by seasonal depression All of that to say what we really need is a season of hope. When the angel Gabriel comes to Mary, it's a birth announcement. I think back to my son being born, I can talk about him because he had to step out for a minute. (laughs) You know, that first child Child's born. You've got all the pictures. You send the announcement out on the card stock of some kind to to all your family and friends, letting them know this child has been born. But even when we had the chance before that, when Brenda was pregnant, that anticipation. Yeah, there was a certain amount of fear with our first child to be born, and a certain amount of uncertainty, and all of those things rolled into one. But there was always hope. There was always hope. And so when the angel Gabriel announces to Mary that she's going to give birth to a child, it's not just any child. This child is going to be king. And not just any king. A king in the line of David. The preeminent line of kings for the people of Israel. The one who always seemed to win when he went to battle. Even as a young man, when someone was way bigger than he was, David fought Goliath. This is the kind of king that we would anticipate. Because a king that can squash all of his enemies, that is what we traditionally look for in a king. We see it play out in our political environment. I'm not gonna take sides today. That's a whole other time, right? Please don't. Can you squash your political rivals and win an election? That's how we play. But this king Gabriel tells us some important things. Not only will he be in the line of David, which makes him the king appointed by God, he will be God's son. Because she becomes impregnated by the Holy Spirit. This is not just God's son. This is God himself among us. And so the words of the prophet will come true. Emmanuel God with us. And that seems to be a vast difference than God over us. We think we might find hope if only God would rule the way we want God to rule. But the Lord is trying to tell us something vastly different than the way we live and the ways of the world when even Jesus' birth is announced by the angel Gabriel. Fast forward 30 plus years. And we find Jesus on the cross with the other criminals. Because he just wasn't king the way people thought he should be king. Instead, All of those things that sometimes we take for granted. Yeah, that's Jesus. He healed people. He served people. He healed people when they were sick, even though the rules say don't heal them on this day. Because it was the right thing to do. Because in love, you serve and heal. It's almost too much hope. It's almost too good to be true, to find a way to understand that God loves us so much. Martin Luther called it the gospel in a nutshell, that he would send his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And it's not just about the heavenly ever after life. It's about a fullness of life right now. A Jewish understanding of paradise wouldn't just be the heavenly ever after. It would be a closeness and a peace with God. The Hebrew word shalom. And the striving for shalom isn't something we earn, but a striving for shalom is to be in relationship and find wholeness and peace in God's love because God loves you. Not because you were good enough Not because you won enough games. I wonder what the economy was like last night in Nashville when the Predators finally won. (laughs) We are longing for hope. And when we find hope, things are good. But when we are without hope and a losing streak, people go, ha ha, even the non-Predators fans have to hear about it in the news. I did a paper for English Lit my senior year. They told us it had to be on England. I was a sports fan, so I did it on soccer. One of the things I found amazing wasn't only the tactics that people used. Like when the visiting team comes to town, you find out what hotel they're staying at and host the parade all night long outside their <laughs> hotel room. Yeah, keep them awake. One of the most interesting things I learned as an 18-year-old young man was that the economy in towns throughout Europe changes based on whether the team wins or loses. Until they play again almost, right? But when a team loses, nobody goes out and buys stuff. When the team wins, people are in a happy mood. And it's easy enough to understand because look at the number of restaurants and bars and businesses and shops that open around our sports venues. And how well they do when the team wins. It's good for business. It provides hope. So when when we see Christ on the cross, we also have that sense that hope is lost. This is the one that Gabriel says will be named Jesus, which means God saves. And how exactly is God going to save us if he dies on the cross? But we know that's not the end of the story, is it? Because three days later, three days later, he rises from the dead. The one who holds the power over death. We say only two things are certain, death and taxes. I'll tell you as a Christian, as a person, a follower of Jesus Christ, three three things are certain, death and taxes and resurrection because God holds the power over death so that nothing can separate us from God's love, ever. Not today, not tomorrow, not even when we die. You know what I find in that? I find hope. The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn." The fact that God loves us enough to send us a son shows us the depth of God's love. And when you know God loves you that much, you always have hope. Sometimes it feels like only a little bit. Sometimes there's questions, sometimes there's doubts. Yes, but I hope you never forget how much God loves you, that the king was willing to die for you. That brings me hope. I hope it does for you too. No pun intended, amen.